0: I'm Leslie and I'm Mackenzie and you're listening to for such a time podcast
1: we are friends and followers of Jesus seeking to empower and equip women in their God-given callings our desire is to see you step out in faith and step into where God has placed you for such a time as this
2: Hello. Hi. I always do that. Let me try something different.
0: Okay, let's start over again.
2: Hola. Como estas? (laughs) Bonjour. Bonjour. Hello.
0: Hey. It is a good day. It is For a podcast. It is a great day. Great night. A great night. There's no tornadoes.
2: No tornadoes.
1: There was going to be a tornado.
0: (laughs) But I rebuked it the whole way here. Yes. Spring in... (laughs) I went, well it's not even spring yet it's pretty much pretty much yeah
2: yeah spring in texas for you
1: yeah not a fun time
2: literally i was <laughs> we got home and i was looking at my phone and it was like you're a nerd watch until 8 p.m and it's like blue sky above yep. us. You're like, oh, okay cool <laughs> i'm like okay yeah and my
1: poor six-year-old Bennett has looked like rocky with a swollen eye for the last like <laughs> three nights because of allergies his allergies are so bad like,
2: <laughs> my eyes burning his back <laughs> so bad i yeah cedar fever is a thing here mm-hmm. and it has hit me hard yeah totally
1: yeah. different than even in dallas where we were
2: yeah i mean different from new mexico because yeah. i mean you have the juniper
0: and i know mm-hmm. you can have that kind of here too but it's always you know high in albuquerque yeah
2: but it just hits me differently here yep. <laughs>
1: Yep, totally different.
2: <laughs> I, like wake up and I'm like, Darth Vader, I'm like, <gasps> my mouth <laughs> my mouth is so dry. It's the worst. Anyway. Yeah. So Welcome, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just complaining of allergies and tornadoes. You know, Texas things. Yes. But actually I think we're we're a little bit on a high. We we're recording two episodes tonight and we just recorded Mackenzie's
0: testimony. Yes. Oh. Well, it was so good. We celebrated with a bowl of cereal after.
1: We may or may not have done that. It yeah. was
2: so good. So many <laughs> bunches of oats. <laughs> yes. It was needed and it was so good. So thank you. It was awesome. Thank you
1: for asking the question and, yeah. and again pushing me out of the nest.
0: You're so good at that. <sighs> yes. You were so welcome. So if you've listened to that and it was encouraging, I just encourage you to share it. Let us know what you thought about it leave us a like or a review (laughs) Uh, because that means a lot to us but it's not what we live for we could care less if anybody
2: reviewed it but you know it helps it get seen more by more people and to be
0: encouraged so that they can be encouraged by it too yeah we're literally like i the other day
1: i guess you had looked at how many subscribers we have on what is it spotify and apple books in my head, I was thinking, oh, we probably have like nine, yeah. maybe five. And I was happy with that. I was like, that would be great. That's yes. cool. Like five people. Yes. I know. I know. And what is it, like 20 something?
2: Well, it's, com- I think combined, we have almost 50 subscribers, <laughs>
1: yeah, really? which is awesome. That's amazing. But, Thank you guys. Like,
2: I'd be grateful if it was just like my mom, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like and I know she's listening to And Hi, someone Mom.
1: random in the United Kingdom apparently. Uh, yeah,
2: I was really excited about that. Yeah. Like somebody in the United somebody, Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: amazing. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, we love you guys. And we are so thankful just for the support. Mm-hmm. And um I know I said this in the last one where I share my testimony, but just thank you for praying. Yeah. Praying for us. And also thank you for giving us, you know, on Mondays we typically ask for prayer requests yeah. if you have any prayer requests. So mm-hmm. We just want you to know that we truly do pray for you. Yeah. Um, especially when we get those requests and we love to be able to do that. Yeah. We love being able to connect with you guys. Um. You know, you guys are just listening to us as we talk, but we love connecting with you on Instagram and yeah. and getting to know you and pray for you. So I just wanted to say that.
0: Yeah. And we've seen um, per- praises, like yeah. praises from those prayer requests. Mm-hmm. So that's what, you know, that's really encouraging to know that, you know, when you, we want you to know that when you ask, it's not just to put a question box on our stories. It's mm-hmm. legitimately because we want to pray for you. Yes, We want to see a move of God in your life. We want to see that happen. And mm-hmm. so it's been cool to see people share like, yeah, this has happened or this has changed or whatever. So yes. it's an honor to pray for you guys. We don't take it lightly. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yes.
1: And today, we're going to get into your testimony. I just want to say that for me, stepping out and talking about what I've gone through was really hard, and it took a lot of prayer and even preparation, which I felt like the Lord kind of said to me, you know, I'm going to be with you. I'm Mm -hmm. going to give you the words. You don't have to over-prepare in your own strength. Just leave it to me, kind of thing. Um, But I just want to commend you and tell you i'm just in awe of your ability to be so vulnerable vulnerable and step out and not be afraid (laughs) you know we weren't even planning on recording yours tonight yeah and you're like let's do it yeah let's do it and so i am really excited to hear what you're going to say and how the lord has moved in your life and i like you said in the previous one we're getting to be blessed by this byproduct of healing and of restoration and of the testimony that God, uh, has given us. And we are enjoying the fruit of that now, which is just so beautiful. And I know that there's just more to come for that as well. So,
0: but it's not without, and you had mentioned this in your testimony episode of like, it's not without hard work. Yeah. Like it comes with work. Yes. You can't expect it overnight or, you know, it, it, it comes with work, but to see that come to fruition is such a blessing.
1: Yes. Amen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, Thanks for being willing to stay. Shout out to uh, your husband Carlos yeah. for holding down the fort with the boys with over the there. With the kiddos to bed. Yep. Yes.
1: He is a an amazing man. Yes. Amazing he, husband, amazing father,
0: an amazing friend we're an blessed to have friend. him yeah. as a friend and brother in Christ. Yes. So shout out to Carlos. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> but yeah, so I think just in we had talked today about you know what are what are we kind of see as the vision for the next few episodes and and you would ask me like how are you feeling about sharing your testimony and stuff and I'm you know my my heart is ready to share that and you had mentioned um, oh there it goes thought just went
2: right out of my brain it's <laughs> <was> like what <laughs> you should have seen my face I'm like what happened yeah i'm like the thought just literally we were talking so i'll tell
1: you maybe it'll spark your memory today yeah. we um packed up our kids <laughs> on a whim and that. went to play at chick or let the kids play at chick-fil-a while we got lunch and then like we don't really want to stop and go home yet so let's go to glory bell coffee <laughs> and, and get a nice co- latte and have
2: vision for it it hasn't come back
1: to-
0: but okay, it's okay all right. i think just in thinking about doing my testimony and stuff.
2: Okay. It came back. you, Lord. <laughs> okay. okay. Sorry, y'all. Thanks for sticking with me. <laughs> um,
0: I was thinking like, okay, I know I have a testimony. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to sit in the part of, like you said, like, do I have a testimony? Yes. I know I have a testimony, but what mm-hmm. part of it was God really wanting to highlight? Because mm-hmm. I could sit on here and, you know, word vomit a bunch of different things, but I, I literally as I was sitting listening to you share your testimony, I really felt like the Lord wanted me to specifically be pretty quiet and not say very much because you were on fire just speaking and preaching really. I mean, it was like totally anointed, but I just felt like the Lord was even speaking to my heart during that time of like, this is what I want you to share. And I think maybe that's even why I felt so ready right now to share it is because the Lord was like, yeah, this is what I want you to share. And I'm like, okay, I know exactly where I need to share with that. So um, so that's what I'm going to share right now. Yeah. Um, for for me, and I had mentioned this in just getting to know me and stuff like that. And in some of our past episodes, I was raised in a Christian home raised by two people that love Jesus. My mom and dad loved Jesus and raised us to go to church and that that was important. They made it a priority, you know, all of that stuff. Um, and so I remember, um, asking Jesus into my heart at four years old. I was, I remember sitting, my mom and I, I don't know if we had gotten, gone to run errands or something, but I remember sitting in our car in the garage, like with the garage door shut and praying to ask Jesus into my heart. Um, and I'm surprised by that because it was four and I feel like I don't remember any other things when I was four, but like, I remember that and I remember coming to know Jesus and just always, um. Loving him, always wanting others to know about him. You know, whenever I went anywhere, um you know, being homeschooled, you know, we would go to a lot of different places throughout the day because we weren't confined by the rules of school as far as like I had to be in school for seven hours. Like we would go grocery shopping or we'd do this at odd hours during the day. And you know, if we went to any like park or anything, I always
2: would that'd be my question to kids is not necessarily, do you know Jesus, but what church do you go to? Yeah. Because that would always give me the end to be like, yeah. "Oh, do you know Jesus?" Yeah. I mean, I my poor cousins. I don't think any of them are listening. But if you are, like, they were, <laughs> they fell prey to like evangel Leslie of like.
1: I was about to say A little evangelist yeah. over there. I'm like,
2: do you know Jesus? Like, I remember telling my cousin that on like the top of our playset. Like, do you know Jesus? Do you want to ask him into your heart? It sounds like Kylie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I just
0: I wanted. I I knew that Jesus was. I mean, that, that was our family. That was our world. That's our world. You know, that's our life. Mm-hmm. That's what our life revolved around was knowing Jesus and going to church. And, and I wanted other people to experience that too, because I, um, saw, you know, what Jesus did in people's lives. Mm-hmm. And I saw, you know, how I felt with knowing Jesus, but there was still, um, I, you know, obviously an immaturity and an innocence to that knowing him, you know, cause a lot of it
2: was knowing. You know, um, doing swords, you know, like where you would like,
0: "Oh, find this, and you'd like find it in the Bible, you know, but but not a depth of intimacy with Jesus yet, mm-hmm. just I knew him, Jesus loves you, ask him into your heart, then you go to heaven, type thing, yeah, so, um, anyway, I asked him into my heart at four. um I was baptized, I remember getting baptized, um gosh, I think that was i I know I was in l elementary middle school, maybe. Um, but I remember getting baptized Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I think one of the biggest things, and it was, um, a starting point of the attack from the enemy on my life was definitely, um, in the place of distrust. Mm -hmm. And that all stemmed from when I was, um, nine years old, I had a best friend. We had become um, friends with them through the homeschooling community. I I wanna say I was around six when we first met them, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Um and that friendship was the closest really that we had. Our our families as a whole were close to each other. And I would have sleepovers sleepovers with her and we homeschooled with them and we just did life with them. Um we ended up going to the same church as them later on. And um and when I was I think I was nine, she had gotten sick. Her, her whole family had gotten sick, but she wasn't getting better. Like they had all kicked the cold and she just wasn't getting better. And um and they took her in for testing and found that she had leukemia and they um her mom like they were basically like you need to get her here now to start treatments mm-hmm. and she's, you know, nine, ten years old. Um, And I just remember anybody who's in Albuquerque listening to this, we lived in uh, like Tramway and Paseo area. And at that time, Paseo del Norte was like just a two way, like a two way street one way. I don't know how to describe that, but it wasn't all the lanes that it is now. And I remember my mom driving like 90 down that street trying to get to their house Mm -hmm. because her mom had, they were talking on the phone. My mom and her mom were talking on the phone and then her mom goes, hold on. The doc, I think the doctor's calling me and like switched over to the other line and switched back over and was like, she like, sh- they told me like she has like, like she has cancer. Oh. And so my mom, I just remember us getting in and my mom in the car being like, like told me what was going on. Like she has, like Amanda has cancer. And I just started bawling because in my mind, in my nine year old mind, yes. cancer means you're dead. Yeah. Like you're dying. You're yeah. going to die and I just was bawling I just like that's my best friend like what do you
2: like what do you mean like we just play barbies like how can she have cancer
0: and so I remember driving getting to their house and her mom met
2: us at the door and her mom I just love her so much so Elaine if you're listening I love her so much but she looks at me and she goes suck it up Leslie she doesn't know yet and um, she didn't they hadn't told her yet and she was so nice but I make that sound mean but it was like she was
0: like a mom to me so it was fine but she was just like you have to like you can't say
2: anything to her and I remember (laughs) I didn't even know what to say because I went into the living room where where Amanda was and she looks at me and Amanda's like she is um just she was like straight to the point sarcastic like funny as (laughs) I'll get out but just like very like hurt like she just say what she's thinking And she's like, why are you crying? And I was like, my mom spanked me. (laughs) Like, I didn't know (laughs) what to to say, say. (laughs) you know, and because I couldn't say anything. And I just remember just kind of sitting with her just being like, what is this? What does this
0: look like? I don't, I don't understand. Yeah. And thinking like, like, why, why would Jesus let this happen? You know, just in that innocence and that youth of knowing him, like, well, if people love Jesus, like nothing bad happens to them. Mm. And th- and that's just innocence, but also immaturity and understanding mm-hmm. who God is and, and, and life and the world and how God in the Bible has used so many bad things for his good. But it just was the first thing that really hit home to us. We hadn't really had any, you know, sort of tragic things happen. You know, we had older grandparents pass away or great grandparents mm-hmm. pass away, but it wasn't like anything traumatic like that. And so that led to just, um, a, a, I think it was like two years basically of just walking through that with her. And I'm so grateful looking back now at being homeschooled because I had mentioned in an early episode that I skipped fifth grade. I didn't mean that I didn't do fifth grade, but my mom basically let me stop school being homeschooled to be able to be with her. And we, you know, we would, I'd sit on our hospital bed and we would, play Mancala and we would you know do and then there were you know we'd watch Uncle Buck because she loved watching Uncle Buck and like just all these little things but I just remember going and just being able to be there with
2: her Mm -hmm. I remember she always craved I'm more saying these things because I I, you know it's just memory but like she loved like Wendy's chili like the chili I know but she loved it Wendy's chili with french fries and like there's just different
0: things I just remember about that time and I remember um, you know obviously she went through chemotherapy and I don't know a lot of the medical details so I can't really speak to a lot of those things there's only a couple things that I remember like I know that she got a bone marrow transplant I know that she had spinal taps all the time and I know that she had chemotherapy because she lost all her hair And, and so just Walking through that and trying to process that as a young 9, 10-year-old, you know, and I have a 9-year-old now, that's so I yeah. can't imagine. Um, And my parents were just, they did exactly what they needed to do, and they just let me be with her because that's what I needed. Um, I don't, you know, they didn't keep us away or anything like that, and her family was the same way. And so I, I remember we just, we were always Able to be there with them, I remember she had to go to Tucson for some treatment stuff, and we went there and we spent Thanksgiving with them, like just all that kind of stuff. She actually got to do, um, um, I think this was through Make a Wish, but she got to go to this special um, place in, I think it's in Florida, but it's called Give Kids the World, and it's like a theme park that like everything's free, and like we got oh, to go wow. with them, and her and I got to like run around this place and go on all the rides and like. You went into this ice cream shop and like you could have like anything was free, and like it was just so cool wow. to get to do those things with them, and um and so just I was allowed to do that, and she went into remission, and was good for a little while, and then um this was around uh the end of two thousand one, so right before um I th- so she was going to turn eleven in August, yes. Eleven in August she um had her i think we had her birthday birthday party and then she came out of her mission and she got sick again and she was about to go she was an NSYNC lover she was about <laughs> to get to go to an NSYNC concert through like I think it was through make a wish or something and um she was too sick to go and she um ended up um she ended up getting pneumonia and was put in the hospital. And this was right before, like sep- right before September 11th, she was in the hospital. And, um, and so it, it wasn't, it wasn't good. Like it wasn't like this, her body's getting up. This isn't gonna, nothing's gonna, you know, she's not gonna be able to make it out of this. And mm-hmm. so I remember um, it was like, gosh, I'm trying to think. I don't even know what day it was all of that's a blur as a kid and I haven't really pieced the timeline back together I just know it was around September 11th because September 11th happened and then and then that and so anyway I remember going into her hospital room for the last time because she had was kind of in and out of it and had kind of um later on right before she passed away she had gone into a coma and but I remember going in there and I it was just like, you know, everyone's crying outside the doors and they wanted me to be able to go in there and talk to her. And I had had this, I I think she had gone out of town or we had gotten something to where we had both had these stuffed bears and I had, was holding the stuffed bear with me and going in there and, you know, I'm just trying to talk to her because she's just not responding very much anymore. Even her family had said that it was really dark in the room and I just went in there and was crying and just like, Talking to her about my bear. I didn't like really know what else to say. And the last thing, you know, I was telling her, like, oh, this is my bear and her name's like, I remember this, but like, this is my bear and her name's Cranberry and like this. And I just remember the last thing she said was, that's cool. Like, that's all she said. And, um, and, you know, everyone's there and they're crying. You're just trying to know how to process this. Like,
1: in your little, you know, 10, 11 year old, yeah, it was
0: just hard. Yeah, I was 10. And um, I remember we, you know, then we kind of went home and September 11th, I can't remember if this was after September 11th or what, but she, um, she passed away on September 19th. And I just remember being at home and us getting the call that she had passed away. And we kind of all didn't really know what to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we ended up going this is sounds so random but we went to the movies (laughs) the three musketeers was in the movies Mm -hmm. and I remember going and seeing that I like couldn't tell you anything about else about that Mm -hmm. but I remember going and doing that and I just that was really where that I don't trust you God Mm -hmm. like she like why would you let my best friend die Mm -hmm. you know and that was really hard it was They had, um, the memorial service was amazing, the celebration of life. Um, They had a casket that was wooden that everybody could sign on, which was really cool. Um, And they did an open casket, and that was hard, Um, but it's not how I remember her, you know, but I do remember that was the first time I'd ever seen, like, a dead body, you know, anyone that had passed away, and it was her, you know, so that was hard. Um, and then they had her, obviously they had her buried and I've gone to her, you know, I've, I've gone to her gravesite before and stuff like that. And so I think, um, later on, I want to share this because this gave so much hope later on after, I I couldn't tell you how much later on that we had heard this, but, um, her mom and I'm hoping I'm getting these details correct, but this is how I heard it. So I'm just going to relay it that way. Um, Her mom had been laying down next to her on her bed and had woken up. She was awake. She wasn't dreaming. And she um, looked up and in the corner of the room, like at the top of the corner of the room, it opened and this ramp came down and it was bright. And she said she saw all these colors that like she can't even describe. Um, And she saw Amanda standing on the ramp, holding the hand of, I don't, I, again, I don't know the, the full details, but I know it was someone's hand, whether it was an angel or it was Jesus, she was holding his hand. And anyone that knows Amanda knows she has like big, bright eyes and a really happy smile. And she, that was the look on her face. And she was waving really excitedly, like this, like I'm wow. going here. Yeah. And, um, and after that, there was no, after she saw that happen, there was no like brain activity anymore after that. Her body was still there, but like her soul had gone already. Mm -hmm. And that brought a lot of comfort knowing that like Mm -hmm. she yeah, she and that's where she wanted to be. I mean, she loved Jesus. She loved Jesus and she knew where she was going, you know, and um and so that was really helpful. But that really started for me the doubt of like I don't trust I don't trust Mm -hmm. that you really are gonna do what's good for me. I don't trust that. So, you know, with that, going through that, so then, and then you kind of have the unrest of, like, my best friend just died, and, like, our nation's under attack, and just, like, all trying to process this as a 10-year-old. Yeah. So then, um, you know, just trying to work through that, I actually ended up um, having a stress seizure, um, just from the stress of everything that happened. I was in the kitchen with my mom, and I had a seizure and had to go through a lot of testing just to make sure I wasn't like um, epileptic but they really just, got, you know, they chalked it up to like you're just under a lot of stress and this is wow. how your body dealt with it. Um and so so then um you know, struggling with this trust but you know, my parents were so steadfast in that and just keeping us in church and like all of that and you know, I think um they kept home life very consistent which was so helpful and you know I never felt like okay well now we can't talk about that or like we don't talk about that because that's sad I mean my parents were always willing to talk with me about stuff but I don't necessarily remember like I didn't go to counseling or sit down or you know I think I just kind of I don't know I I don't I don't remember like oh we couldn't talk about it because I know my parents always would but I don't remember a specific time of me sitting down and talking with it maybe my mom would remember that more than I would but um then in 2003 um my mom my mom and i had just gotten home from taking the dog to the vet and the dog had like thrown up all over my lap and so i'm like ran inside to go change my clothes and the phone rings and it is a lady that used to work for my dad my dad owns his own business and she was a secretary for us and she was like hey um Hey Leslie, is is your mom home? And I'm like, oh, well, we just got home from the vet. We're doing this, and she's like, okay, I just really need to talk to her. And we didn't know, but there was um, there was a shooting at my dad's work, and so, so basically, what happened was the building behind them, there was um, that was owned by some people that went to church with us. Um, the receptionist she had like a disgruntled boyfriend and it was domestic violence and basically he had come to like try to talk to her or give her something or whatever and she had turned him away and he came back and he shot her and um, not then but he had come back to do that so as he comes in he shoots the boss of her work which is was our was somebody that we went to church with and then her and all the other employees ran out the back door. Um, and all the employees ran in our back door, but she decided to go around the building to our front door and he followed her. And so he came in one of our side doors, which is like an employee entrance, and he was kind of arguing with her in the little doorway and shoots her. And as he shoots her, our, one of our employees comes out and sees what's happening. thought they were just like arguing about like remodeling stuff or whatever but comes out and sees him shoot her and then the guy takes off out the door and our employee takes off after him and when he gets out the door the guy turns around and shoots him and so so we've just had this like domestic violence like um triple shooting Mm -hmm. happen and there's so many so many things wrapped up inside of that of God's providence and hands. Cause, like, my sister's debt, my sister was working there at the time. She had a desk right next to that door where they walked in. But, wow. like, 10 minutes, five minutes earlier, she felt that she needed to get up and go into one of our employees' offices that's a pastor. Like, just so many different things wow. that happened. But um, when that friend called, <clears throat> they initially thought my dad had been shot. And so we're all of a sudden we're home not knowing what the heck is going on. We can't get through to my dad because as this was going on, all the employees picked up the phone to call 911. So the lines were all jammed. It was just like this whole mess. So we're not knowing like what is going on. And then we start getting calls from the news crews to our house. Like it's amazing how quick they can find your number. So we start getting calls for that. And we're just like, you do you know't know what happened. To no, your dad we don't at that know point. what even is going on. Wow. So anyway, we ended up finding that out. But again, that was just another thing that was like, "Why would you let this happen? and And that, in and of itself is just, I know um, lack of maturity in not only physically and you know being a kid, but also just spiritually. Um, but it was scary. and it was hard, and it was like, why would you let this happen in my dad's work? You know, why would you let this happen to these families and to our friends from church and just, you know, not understanding that, knowing that God could prevent it? Why didn't he?
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of adults who would struggle with that thinking in yeah. the same situation. So, yes, it was, like you're saying, maybe immaturity and things, but truly adults would struggle with the same thoughts yeah. of that as well, of that distrust and questions. why God did you let this happen? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so, you know, then going to those funerals and just having seen that, you know, seeing the families that were just devastated by losing those loved ones and kids that lost dads too young. And, you know, just all of that was just, and we had just gone through, you know, a year and a half prior Mm -hmm. going through another funeral, you know, it just felt like so much death and so much violence and just, it was just hard. And, um, And so, you know, but, but again, we just, my, my parents continued to just take us to church and all of that stuff. I mean, that never wavered, that never changed, but I think it was like, I just kind of went through the motions Mm -hmm. of just going to church, going to youth camp, doing this, doing that. And as I got older, um, you know, I just was kind of like, I think just started to kind of rely on myself. Like, well, I have to make what I want happen. I if I want a boyfriend or if I want, you know, this or that, like I'm gonna have to make that happen. Because I can't trust God I can't to do trust that. God. Yeah. Like I trusted, you know, I trusted him with my best friend. I trusted him with this, you know, and like these are the things that happened. And so um so yeah, so I think that just kind of started the cycle of me searching for that thing that would fill that void that mm-hmm. only Jesus could fill. Yeah but it for me it was in um relationships it was since since 15 i was boy crazy i swear and just that was what i sought after Mm -hmm. um and so you know so that led to um relationships and and then as i got to an age where it was like okay to you know think about marriage that's what it was like marriage is going to bring me that happiness Mm -hmm. and I just, I didn't know Jesus in the way that I know him now mm-hmm. and wasn't exposed to really an intimacy with Holy Spirit that, um, that wasn't really something that our church really taught on. Um, at least maybe that I atten- paid attention to, but I don't really, I, I don't remember Holy Spirit being talked about. I don't remember Prophetic word or healing or the gifts being for today, any of that stuff being talked about. Um, it was just you are Christian, you are to evangelize and share the gospel, and you need to know apologetics. You need to know this. Mm-hmm. As a girl, you need to know modesty, and mm-hmm. it's your fault if you cause a guy to stumble mm-hmm. and just all these different things. Yes. And so, I, to me, even saying it now, it was like a lot of do's and don'ts. In my Christian walk, and it was like if you're doing this, then you're making God happy. If you're not doing this, then you're not making God happy. And it just seemed really unattainable to me. And so, um, I I compromised in a lot of things that I never thought I would. But at the same time, it was like, well, I've you know I don't really trust God to be who He is. So why would I really want to do things that yeah please Him? But yet, at the same time, I still had that four-year-old. I love Jesus, like I, I have, you know, have I love him, but then I don't trust him. It was like it was just a Confusing. really hard place to be, mm-hmm. and so those relationships were really where I sought that happiness. So from you know 15 on, I was always in a relationship. I dated um, all together with. I mean, if I don't include Josh, I dated four people really, and um, and I you know, it was like when I wasn't in one, I wasn't another. And so after I graduated high school, I'd just broken up with, um, a long time boyfriend and definitely thought that like, um, he was, you know, going to be the one that I was going to marry. And, and he had a great family and he, you know, um, he was a nice guy, but he wasn't, that's what he was not wanting that. He was not ready for that. I, you know, I believe that he liked me, you know, but, that wasn't um, that wasn't on his radar mm-hmm. to be married, and so we broke up, and that was hard. And I rushed right into another relationship, um, and that person I was with for two and a half years, and was engaged to them, and all of that stuff. And that relationship, that one became um, the catalyst that really pushed me over the edge to to do whatever I wanted. And so I ended up losing my virginity to that person and choosing making that choice. Um and compar and I had compromised in the previous relationship too, not I hadn't gone all the way, but you know, pretty much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pretty much. And um and then in this this relationship that I was in, it was it was like, okay, let's all bets are off. Like let's just try out this thing called not living for Jesus but but also kind of live for Jesus because I was still, you know, on the worship team and going to church, but I'm going to do all these other things because this is really what's going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you had shared in your um, in your testimony about being exposed to pornography at a young age. I don't remember the age that I was, but I remember I was sleeping in my parents' room and late night TV used to have that stuff on it sometimes. And I remember my parents were in the kitchen you know doing stuff and i had you know i i was also a very fearful kid and so i slept in my parents room a lot and yeah and i was sleeping on their their floor and um and i remember just turning the channels and there it was and i i remember feeling it like that awaken that feeling of like you know, arousal, obviously, but not knowing that's what it was, and then, but knowing I shouldn't probably be watching it, so switching it off, but then kind of wondering what that was, um, and, you know, and, and didn't really, I, I think I had maybe searched for it a couple times on the computer, but I don't, it, I don't really remember that as a younger kid, but then I remember as I started getting out of high school, into college, into that relationship, I started um, searching a lot more into like Cosmopolitan and reading those magazines and this and that and and then them talking about like you know um, masturbating and that being like pleasurable and what an orgasm is and like all of that stuff that I didn't really know about. Honestly, I mean, I had um, I can't even really necessarily remember a sex talk with my parents, but I knew you know of what it was but then being exposed to that and that opening the door for me to become um enslaved and addicted to that of of okay well this makes me feel good so I'm going to do that and I'm going to look at this because it helps create this feeling and then being in this relationship where I'm regularly sleeping with this person and you know Taking the Plan B pill and doing all this stuff and just things that I I knew weren't me, but yet it was like, but this is gonna make me happy. This will we'll just get married and I'll just it'll be yeah, I'll be everything. fine. Mm-hmm. And it was not good. It created like I had mentioned in the friend episode, um, finding good friends, that I it had caused me to not be friends with these people because I was just so selfish. I was so about me and finding that happiness that I just was like in pursuit of that so much that even even the person I was dating, I know that I treated them not not like I didn't like abuse them with my words or something like that, but just how I was so self-seeking for myself. Um and even that, you know, they didn't deserve that either. And so I just remember um I had moved out. I wasn't, I was still talking to my parents, but it wasn't a good relationship because I was living in sin and they knew that. I told my mom when I lost my virginity, my dad knew, like everyone, you know, in my family knew, but it was like my, I was out of the house. I was over 18, you know, like my parents just, I, you know, I. my poor mom was like in adrenal fatigue, like just dealing with just praying for me. And she did. She was, re- and my dad too. They were relentless in praying for me.
1: And that was one of my questions that I had, yeah. what you were just touching on as far as how you were feeling so selfish and you and things like that. What, what else were you feeling even emotionally, spiritually? What were some of the things that you were feeling as you were like, well, all bets are off. I'm just going to live in sin. What was that like for you?
0: It was dark. It was, I was very fearful. Um I was very, um, this, another part of it was I gained weight because that was the only thing I could control, I felt like was like what I eat and, but I also ate to just make myself happy. Um, It was all about just making myself happy in whatever way that was, how I felt, um, how I looked, things I bought, everything. It was just so of the world. And, but I still remember, I still remember hearing that still small voice. I still had people that you know I remember going to lunch with our worship leader at the time and it was so hard because it was basically like you can't be on the worship team because I know that your boyfriend's sleeping over at your house and it was like stunk but I look back and I'm just so grateful that she did that she wasn't in like I didn't feel like judged by her or anything like that it was just like it was a call out of my sin and I knew she was right but I just It was almost like I dug myself so deep I didn't know how, excuse me, how to get out of it. I didn't, like, again, like you, like, I'm just going to have to marry this person Mm because I've screwed up so much. Like, I've given so much. I've given all of myself. Mm -hmm. There's nothing redeemable. And that was, I I still can look back and see the tenderness of the Lord in him, in his Mm -hmm. hand in it, but it was so quiet. It was a still, small voice. Like, it was still and few and far between. Not that he wasn't speaking but the times in my ears were open were few and far between mm-hmm. because it was just, you know, and I, I, it was just all me trying to control it. And I couldn't tell you, I know it was around Easter sometime. I can't tell you exactly. I, there was nothing that necessarily came to a head, but we had, you know, with this person I was in a relationship with, we had gotten engaged. We had kind of broken off the engagement. We had gotten engaged again and just through a series of, of, I mean, the Lord truly, I think, revealing to me who this person really was and what they were struggling with, because they're broken, too. They're a broken Mm -hmm. person. Um, I realized this is not good. Like, I can't, I can't marry this person, but yet again, like, but I'm stuck. I've yeah. done all this stuff. I the can't... damage has been done. Yeah. What do I do with the pieces? I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm just gonna have to live with it. And I remember spending the night at my parents' house that one night because I was I was fearful. I I I felt like 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 this sounds dark, but like I felt like there were demons living in my house. Yeah. I just I couldn't go. I couldn't sleep at that house anymore. Like it was just so, it was weird. But I know it was just. That fight for my soul, that Mm -hmm. fight, not that I wasn't a believer, but just that fight for my life. And I remember spending it at my parents' house because my parents still opened that door. It was always open to me and I'm so grateful for that. Um, And I woke up that next morning, I felt like, like how I had felt in a fog and just like, like these iron gates were closed to me. I just remember waking up that morning, nothing like really
1: significant not
0: for. not necessarily I mean I had there had been some stuff that I had found out about the person I was dating that really were like this are really red like these are huge red flags and I just remember waking up that next that morning not the next morning just a morning when I was sp- staying at my parents house and it was like everything had lifted like mm-hmm. it was like God's voice was on a loudspeaker in my head of wow. like yeah. you are done we are done. I love you too much to let you go down this path. Wow. And it was like, I had so much clarity. I was like, I need to quit my job because that's a, that's not a good environment for me. I'm not doing well there. Like I just knew I needed to change. I am moving home because I need to be home. Mm -hmm. And I, I I was like, and then it was, you know, I was thinking about summer because this was around springtime. Like, God, if you want me to go be a counselor at a Christian camp, like if you whatever you want me to do, I will go do it. Mm -hmm. And but I need to be with you. I need to be Mm -hmm. your child. I need to be following you and listening to your voice like I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was just like, that's what we need to do. And it happened so quickly. Obviously, I knew I needed to break up with that person that was resolved. I knew exactly what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. Um, Broke up with them we're not going to be engaged. We're not going to be friends with benefits. We're not, I can't do this anymore. I need to cut you out of my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was hard. And that came with some ramifications that happened for a few months after. But again, the Lord really removed that person
1: yeah,
0: very quickly and actually used my dad to do it. And that was such a blessing. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so moved home, all that stuff. Um and what did you feel
1: after all of that was done? I know you said there were some ramifications, but even spiritually and emotionally, where were you at at that point?
0: I I felt like free. Yeah. I felt free. I felt like I had an out. I felt like like God had given me a second chance. Yeah. I I was like, okay, I'm still don't understand the trust stuff, but like we're gonna work that out. Like I know you're gonna show me that we're gonna figure it out. Um, and I just knew that I needed to like, okay, the way I'm doing it isn't working. So let's give your way a try. Yeah. And again, like you said, he's better than I could have imagined. He, yeah, I mean, I, I met Josh. <laughs> like, I'm, I say this, that I always had to be in a relationship, but my relationship with Josh was 100% different. It mm-hmm. was so different. And I met him like four months after all this happened which seems again really sudden but i know that it was totally the lord Mm -hmm. also but i was just full-hearted like pursuing jesus and josh was the same and we just that's how we connected was over talking about jesus and we cut to the chase on everything that like it was like i've done this i've done that i don't want to do this i don't want to do that i want this is what I want in a relationship. This I don't have time for games. I this is what I want. This is exactly, you know, he was the same way and and so um yeah, I mean that was that was such a blessing. Like I I remember reading when I was like 14 or 15, my sister had this these books called the Christy Miller series and they were like a Christian like kind of um teeny bopper books, you know,
1: <laughs> teeny bopper. But like
0: <laughs> In the book, she wrote letters to her future husband. And so I started writing letters to my future husband when I was 15. And I had a box full of different letters. And I knew, you know, and of course, everyone makes those like Christian woman checklists of like what they're looking for in the perfect, you know, in the perfect (laughs) Christian guy or whatever. And Josh checked all those boxes. God knew exactly who I needed. Mm -hmm. And it was like, it was just like this gift that he that he gave to me even when I didn't feel like I deserved it. Mm-hmm. You know, like I felt like I didn't deserve any of those perfect gifts and in that perfect gift in Josh and he's like mm. everything and he's not perfect either but like he is that that guy. Yeah. And he is like the one that I got to give this box of letters to to be like I've been praying for you since i was 15 you know and so that was so special um and that was just the tenderness of the lord being like even in your shame and even in the the areas that you've messed up like i i have this for you like this wow. is special for you and so that really was just those building blocks of trust with god mm-hmm. again and just he obviously my life verse is proverbs 3 5 through 6 because again it's trust in the lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight mm-hmm. and in my own understanding really sticks out like you it may not look the way that you wanted it to be or, or not even the way that you wanted it to be it may not look like the way that you would do it mm-hmm. it you know but like you just continue to acknowledge him, continue to press in, continue to have intimacy, and he will make those paths straight. Mm-hmm. They won't be zigzagged, cr- you know, crisscross. They won't be, you know, switchbacks. They will be straight. Mm-hmm. And so I just um that that verse has been my life first because of that. And you know, and then I think as getting married and stuff, you know, we walked a lot of uh difficult roads, and that's you know not necessarily my story to share but in those roads um again just finding that trust in God mm-hmm. and and remembering where i had been to say okay i could do this my way or i can go forward in in what god in god's way because mm-hmm. i've seen what he's i've seen what he does mm-hmm. when i go his way
1: and you've seen what happens when you go your
0: way yeah yes you know, and and that allowed me to walk through, you know, um, dealing with with um, porn addiction, my husband's porn addiction, and, you know, we miscarried, and that allowed me to go through that, like, being able to know that I can trust him. It doesn't mean that I won't suffer. It doesn't mean right. that I won't go through hard times, but God is trustworthy. <coughs> he yes. is trustworthy, and, and he will be sit with me in those times and he will be with me and he will be my husband when i feel like i can't trust my own husband and he will be you know he will be that comfort when my womb is empty and mm-hmm. like all of that you know i could i could trust him and he didn't need to prove himself but he proved himself yeah. time and time again he didn't have to do that but he did it because he loves me and so That for me um, has just been, and and I could go into so many things, but the biggest thing is just me seeing his faithfulness, that he is trustworthy. He is a good father. He loves me. He cares for me. He knows my heart better than I know it myself. And even in my prodigal days, he welcomed me back with open arms. There was no condemnation. There was no, it it was like a loving parent that's like, hey, you keep doing this thing. You keep doing it. Keep doing it. Okay, we're done.
1: I love how you said just that his voice was so clear in those days when you're coming back and he's like, you're done. We're done. Let's try something else. Yeah. (laughs) Let's not do that again. You know,
0: I'm so grateful that he did that because when I sit and think about what my life Could look like or what it could have been, it's just a road of heartache. Yes, Um, and I'm not saying that God, he, I know he would have still been with me. I know he still could have, could have done amazing different things, but he didn't allow me to go down that road. And that was his grace, and that was his loving kindness. And I'm so grateful for that because, you know, there would have been harder, even harder things to walk through. And then you get married and you have kids and it's just even messier, yeah. you know. And yeah. so I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but there were, you know, there's just things that I've had to process through with the Lord and through looking back on my story and my testimony. And, and he's been so faithful to just walk through those things with me. Yes. Yeah. That's where I'm at. And in moving to Waco and us pursuing him taking this whole next level not that there's levels with jesus but just this new level of intimacy with him um it's just opened my eyes even more to how much i can trust him i can trust him with my kids and mm-hmm. with my marriage and with my dreams and with all of that stuff and just um yeah i just love him
1: <laughs> it's such a beautiful story
0: uh, thank you for letting me share it i i I I really feel like I've I've covered I've covered everything I've that I want to share in my Mm -hmm. testimony and that's really what I felt like the Lord was just like I want you to cover the trust thing Mm -hmm. because that really is my testimony that's and and all the things that I've walked through and stuff like that that's the root of all of it is do you trust me Mm -hmm. do you trust that I am good do you trust that I love you do you trust that I know you better than you know yourself yeah and um and yes to all of those Yes. yes he loves me. Yes, he knows me better than I know myself. Yes, he has good things for me. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean he doesn't have suffering. That suffering okay. may not be on my, you know, on the road, but he is always there. He is always with me. Yes. And so um yeah, I think if I, you know, I would just encourage people listening that are struggling with Trusting God. If you're going away if you're if you're walking your way right now, I would ask you, how is that going for you? <laughs> how are you doing on the inside? And would you give him a chance to prove himself? Wow, well, yes. Yeah. Because he will. He will. Yeah.
1: Wow. <sighs> <sighs>
2: It's how do you feel? Um, I kinda of feel like I wanna cry right now. Yeah. Like just have a good long cry. I don't know.
0: I think it's just it's not a cry of sadness. It's nope. just like a wow. It's actually it's been a while since I've said the story in its entirety. Yeah. And so it's just like I just look back and I'm like, Holy crap, God <laughs>
1: Yeah, he's so good. Yeah. He is so good. And I love how you just highlighted how trustworthy he is. And how he will prove himself if you give him a chance? Yeah, you give him a chance to even if it's a second chance or a third chance, like he will meet yeah. you there and prove himself, prove his character. He is faithful, yeah, to his character and to yeah. he is to who he is. I love that. Your mentor says a lot. He's not a man that he, he should, should lie. lie. Yeah, you know, even when we are faithless and we turn away, he is faithful. Yes, yeah,
0: yeah, and I think just knowing i think knowing that like he doesn't have to prove himself no he doesn't but he does yeah. he does because he knows us he knows us better than we know ourselves and he loves us and he will seek after us he will go after that one he'll leave the 99 mm-hmm. to pursue the one and he'll you know the the prodigal son you know his arms are open and he rejoices he runs out to meet us that's what his heart is looking for us yeah looking for us seeking for us, you know seeking after us there's our pastor said this a couple months ago but i don't know if he does it or he had heard it from somebody else that tells their kids every night before they go to bed um that god loves you god's chasing after you and he is relentless hmm. i think those are the three like truths that they say that to their so kids true. and i'm like yeah first we have to know that he loves us he's always chasing after us even if we turn away or go astray and he's relentless he won't give up Mm. he won't give up no matter how icky it gets no matter how much of a mess we get ourselves in he won't give up and that is just so beautiful to me because um i i give up all the time but he never gives up on me so
1: yeah. Love never fails.
0: Love never fails. Mm-hmm. Yes. That yeah. Those love chapters have a lot more meaning oh, now. Yes. <laughs> when you really
1: experience his love, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not some cheesy thing that, you know, people put on their little little pictures on the wall and stuff. No, yes. it's it's a reality. It is a true reality that you can live in and experience.
0: And I, I think for me I know, you know, yours your testimony. Ta- we talked a lot about confession and repentance. Yes. And that that churning away from me, that taking that 180 from the way I was going to the way I, I, um, you know, turned towards him, it came with confession and repentance. Um, but I felt like as soon as I started understanding that I could trust him, it was like I um, I felt that forgiveness. I knew that freedom. Mm-hmm. Like I knew it was with him. Yes you know, and so, but there were things I had to ask for forgiveness for and, and process through. I mean, just for me taking the plan B pill, wondering if that did anything, what that did, would I have kids, you know, all of that stuff, you know, losing my virginity, hurting those, you know, using those guys. I mean, that it wasn't just me that was hurt by them. Yeah, I know that I did the hurting too. Um, you know, Friendships and and reconciling with my parents, reconciling with people at church, you know all of that that again, like you said it's messy, mm-hmm.
2: but so and messy. it's hard
0: work, but it's so worth it, and God was with me through all of it yeah. and and there was just it wasn't all at once yeah that that took years that took time, but um, yeah, I think it's just it's been it's been a long road, but I've looked back and I know I can trust him. I know looking back now that Amanda dying at 11, if I was to ask her, she would say it was all worth it if one person came to know Jesus and multiple people were saved at her funeral. Mm. Multiple people were saved after hearing her testimony. That was, that was like people coming to know Jesus through that suffering was worth it Yes. um seeing you know the the stuff with the violence at my dad's work all of that you know god used for his glory um and just you know me walking through those relationships you know it it taught me a lot taught me a lot of what i'm gonna you know (laughs) caution and share my girls you know share with my girls not to do
1: yeah
0: you know and But that's the beauty of a testimony. If I just keep it to myself, then it services no one, you yes. know, and that's what the enemy wants. He doesn't want anybody to be touched by that. right? So you share that and you just allow the Lord to do his work. So, yeah, that's what I'm hoping for.
1: Well, I'm going to ask you what you asked me at the end of my testimony and have you pray, but what would you, I know you've talked a lot about this, but what is? what are the thoughts that come to your mind if someone, was dealing with that same distrust towards the Lord. Maybe they got their hopes up about something and were let down. Maybe they're suffering. Um, maybe they're living in sin and they're trying to go their own way. What would you What would you say to that person?
0: Um, I would say. I would say. Get to know him. Give him a chance. Um, because you'll find out that that he doesn't um, do those things to hurt us to keep good things from us he doesn't do things to manipulate us he doesn't do things to tease us when it when scripture says that God is love that is what it means and I would also say if you're in those times or you've experienced um, hurt or suffering ask the Lord where where were you during those times what what were you doing what what am I supposed to learn through this Mm -hmm. and earnestly ask those questions not you know but just ask ask and just allow him to speak to your heart through that Mm -hmm. because he wants to he wants to share those things with you and he loves you and he is worthy of your trust and he has a plan and purpose for your life. Jeremiah 29, mm-hmm. tells us that. Um, he knows the plans he has for us, you know, plans to not uh, to harm, pro- us, not to harm us, to prosper us, to give us a hope and a future. Mm-hmm. And so just believing him at his word. Yes. If that's all that you can do in this moment is just despite how you feel, despite your emotions, just hold on to the truth of what God's word says. The Take truth. him at his word. Yeah. Yes. The truth of his promises. Amen. Just hold on to those things. Amen. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah. I'll pray for us. Yes. Please. <laughs> God, <clears throat> I love you. And I am so grateful for your work in my life. And in showing me that you are trustworthy you are a good father lord i just thank you that you care about each person listening you care that they may be going through suffering or hurt or they've experienced times of of feeling like you failed them god but would you just meet them in those times would you just show them Your tenderness, show them that you are trustworthy, that you are a good father, that you don't do things to tease them or to keep things from them or dangle it in front of their face. But God, you know them. You have plans and purposes for their life. You know what's best for them. You know what they need and what they don't need. God, would they trust that the God of the universe that has created them, that has knit them together, that has given them unique fingerprints and unique ears and unique eye color? God, would they know? that you know what's best for them. They don't have to go seeking after the things of this world. They don't have to go and pursue um, earthly things, God, that all the fullness of joy is found in you. And God, I just pray that you would just speak to those listeners' hearts, God, that they would give you a chance to prove yourself not because you need to, but because you want to, that you love us, that you're, you're tender to knowing what we need. And God, would you just speak to their hearts, Lord, and allow them to just be honest with you, to say the hard things, Lord. We, we know that you are a big God. You can handle it. You don't need our our um, fancy prayers, God. You need just the truth and the honesty of our heart. And so would would we just speak from a place of raw, honest emotion, Would we just come before you and just speak our hearts? You already know it, but God, would we just be willing to speak it out? And Lord, I just pray that you would just um, work a mighty work to show them that you are trustworthy. That we can trust in you with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding, on our own wisdom. But acknowledge you, follow you, love you in all of our ways and that you will make our path straight. We love you, Jesus. Amen.
1: Thank you for joining us on For Such a Time podcast. We pray that this conversation was uplifting and inspiring.
0: If it was, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. For your daily dose of encouragement and to stay up to date on our newest episodes, follow us on Instagram. Until next time, bye! bye.